The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. Today's episode is part two of our Toy Story Land impressions. In part one, we gave our initial impressions of the land, but for part two, we gave ourselves a few days to digest the land, come home, see how things are going now that the land is open to the public, and reflect a little more. Like we said in the last episode, we were there as guests of Disney, thanks to Traveling Mom and Traveling Dad, sites that we write for and that we recommend that you check out. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. And we'd really appreciate it if you left us positive feedback. Connect with us at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered, or on Twitter at WDWDeciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Okay, so we are both back home and it's been a couple days since we got to check out the Toy Story Land preview. And now that we're back home and that the land is opened, we thought, you know, it might just be good to update with our thoughts post opening. So Leslie, what have you been thinking about since you got home from Toy Story Land? How are you still feeling about the land? Do you still feel as positively as you did before? I'm pretty happy with my B plus that I gave it. Yeah, I think that's an accurate grade based upon what we saw. I still am feeling that it was way too hot in the land. That was my my biggest criticism. There really is no shade, um, nowhere to escape the heat. All of the seating at Woody's Lunchbox is outside. So I was really feeling that with the heat and humidity that we were experiencing at the very end of June. And I can't even imagine in July and August. So it's be, be really prepared for that. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought that was like a major kind of missed opportunity right there you know they could have just easily made a splash area for the kids and you know they're in a backyard right so all they have to do is make a sprinkler or whatever and just spray it out so you know i'm not sure why they didn't do that but you know you really need something to cool yourself down um if you're in the park especially with you know the current wait times and they were up to 300 minutes for a slinky dog dash on opening day which was crazy um that's down now I saw it at 120 minutes this morning when I took a look at uh, MDE, but that's a lot of time to be outside in the heat. Definitely. And the queues are only partially shaded for both Slinky Dog Dash and Alien Swirling Saucers. So if the lines get long, you're going to find yourself in those portions of the queues that are not shaded. And I mean, I felt it in the shade, (laughs) in the sun. It's just almost downright unbearable in the summertime. So yeah, I agree with you. A splash pad would have been a nice addition, but I think they were just really constrained in terms of space because all of that extra space that used to be the back lot is going to be Star Wars land in about a year. So they probably kept Toy Story land smaller as a result, but it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. Definitely, I agree. On some positive notes, you know, I... Forgot to mention when we were doing our impressions that, you know, there are green army men walking around Toy Story Land. There was a lot. Like, I, I would see, like, 
seven or eight out at one time in different areas of the land. And they were really great to interact with. It's kind of like the stormtroopers um, over by, you know, star Wars launch bay, except for they're not mean to you. They're pretty nice. They're pretty funny. They have really good positive interactions with kids and adults alike. And so I really like that about the theming and, you know, I hope Disney keeps them there even, you know, a year or two from now when the land's been open for a long time, because I really think it helps to capture the feel of being in toy story land. Totally agree. They were definitely a highlight for me and they were making me laugh. And my kids didn't get to see them because we got rained out when the, the kids were allowed to go into the land. But it was it was a total highlight. I, I do hope they become a, a permanent institution there. Definitely. And, you know, I think they are staying cool by using One Man's Dream, the nearby One Man's Dream Walt Disney Museum as their barracks, so to speak. And hopefully they stay cool in there because they did look really hot and all that green paint and the long sleeves. But One Man's Dream is, I was in there, I ducked in there to avoid a monsoon, and I saw a bunch of green army men making their way through there. That's really funny. Well, they're using it as their barracks, and probably so will Toy Story Land guests to try to find some AC. That's the closest AC other than the Toy Story Land bathrooms. Yeah, and it is quite substantial AC, I might say, as well. So it's very cool in uh, One Man's Dream. So Leslie, we got to check out the land at night, how do you feel Toy Story Land looks at night? I know that Disney has been focusing more on their nighttime experiences. Obviously, they focused a ton on it with Pandora. How do you think Disney has done with Toy Story Land at night? I thought it was a home run at night. It obviously isn't going to be Pandora levels because Pandora is a land that is super unique and you know set new standards. But it was quite well done at night. The Slinky Dog Dash lights are really fun and very bright. A lot of neon to go along with the colorful theming. And of course, the aliens work well at night. And uh, I was really happy with the nighttime experience. I thought it was a lot of fun. What was your take? Yeah, I really love the way Slinky Dog looked at night. You know, I thought that roller coaster was downright beautiful, almost a work of art at night. You know, I stood there just watching it for like 10 to 15 minutes. And um, the way that the track lights up as the car goes along, or sometimes the whole track lights up, along with the Christmas lights in the backdrop and things like that, you know, I just thought, that Toy Story Land at night um, was just really beautiful and a great experience. Hopefully kids can be out that late to do that. But, you know, for those adults who are still there, even if the kids have gone home, you know, it's uh, really beautiful. And when the sun's not out, the shade isn't as much of an issue. Exactly. So we finally did get to try some of the food. What were your impressions of the food from Woody's Lunchbox that you got to try? So, yeah, I didn't get to try as much as I would have liked, but I uh, tried quite a few things. My, my favorite pick was the tachos, which are tater tot nachos. There's cheese and chili and Fritos and sour cream on top of tater tots. And, you know, the Alabama girl and me, of course, loved uh, that kind of food and thought those are really, a really great snack. I The only miss for me was the grilled cheese sandwich. I had high hopes for that because that's one of only two items on the kids menu. There's also an adult version, but it was a grilled cheese sandwich that I can guarantee that my children will not eat. There were three cheeses in it, but one of the cheeses was kind of like a cream cheese spread and it was almost too liquidy. It, it would definitely have weirded out my nine-year-old and, and four-year-old. So that was that was a miss for me. But you, what did you think of the items that you tried? Yeah. And the grilled cheese really quickly. It's interesting that you say that because I spoke to one of the chefs. Actually, I did an interview with him and he made the tachos in front of me or basically poured all the cheese onto the tachos and chili in front of me. 
They were very good, by the way. So I asked him what his favorite menu item was, and he actually said the grilled cheese because of the blend of the three cheeses. So it'll be interesting. It did sound like too much cheese to me, and it's interesting that you say that it seemed like too much for you, but I'm looking forward to trying that myself. Personally, I got to try the barbecue brisket sandwich, which was excellent. You know, I did have to take the pickles out because I'm not a pickle fan, which, you know, I think gets me in trouble in some circles, but that's who I am. And I'll just uh, be that way. But, you know, I thought that sandwich was very good. Oh, and I also got to try the Pop-Tarts, which is a breakfast item, which are basically Pop-Tarts. You know, there's a strawberry one and there's one that has bacon on it. And they were very good, but the reality was I ate them when it was like 95 degrees out and it was in the middle of the day in the afternoon. I think they'd go much better in the morning when it's cooler. The one thing I wanted to try that I didn't get to try was the Monte Cristo. I've heard really good things about that and I'll have to get out and uh, try that next time. Yeah, I definitely want to try that one because I hear it's quite different than the Monte Cristo I'm used to from Disneyland, but no such luck. And and the other item that had really caught my eye was the S'mores French Toast, which is available for breakfast, but did not get to try that. So got to schedule another trip and eat, eat our way through to a Toy Story Land, Joe. Yeah, I totally agree. So what do you think, you know, now that we've been on all the attractions and Disney has made all three of Toy Story Land's attractions, Slinky Dog Dash, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Toy Story Mania, they've made them all tier one fast passes, meaning you can only book one out of the three for your initial fast passes. What do you think your fast pass touring strategy is going to be for Toy Story Land? So obviously, Slinky Dog Dash is the runaway hit. So that's the one you should get if you can get it. But I think they're going to be hard to come by unless you're you have fastest finger at the 60 day mark in advance. So that that's my my recommendation for the fast pass to get, especially because the queue is in the sun or part of partly in the sun. You you don't want to stand in that if you don't have to. Yeah, I feel like Toy Story Mania has gotten a little bit of the shaft in the sense that it's still a tier one, but it's a old ride. But in terms of fast passing, you know, I feel like. Alien Swirling Saucers, the line is not going to be that long after, you know, give it a month or two or maybe a couple months. Um, but Slinky Dog Dash is probably always going to be popular in the same way Barnstormer is, except for with a much better payoff in the end. You know, I think it's a legitimate roller coaster and a really enjoyable one at that. You know, I think I've spoken about that enough. But the reason why I'd fast pass Slinky Dog Dash and not Toy Story Mania is because the majority of Toy Story Mania's queue is inside and it's nice and cool in there. Whereas Slinky Dog Dash, even though part of it's shaded, it's all outside. Like none of that's inside. So you're going to be hot. Yeah, agreed. And and we'll, we'll see how popular Alien Swirling Saucers remains in the next month or two. Uh, I think it will be similar to Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and Disneyland that once people have ridden it once, they'll say, great check it off the list and, and not make it a priority anymore. So I don't think that will remain a tier one fast pass for more than a couple of months. It's just my prediction. Closing things out. What are your overall thoughts on Toy Story Land now that you've you know had a few days to kind of digest it? So I think Toy Story Land really kind of makes Hollywood Studios more well-rounded before I would have called it a park for toddlers and preschoolers with the Disney junior attractions and, you know, a park for the the teens with the thrill rides like rock and roller coaster and tower of terror. And I think this kind of hits everybody in between and, you know, also provides some family friendly attractions that everybody can do together and be happy doing together. I, I will say, I love seeing it with my children. My four-year-old especially noticed so many details that I didn't kids just, 
are more perceptive than adults. Uh, the first thing he spotted when we walked into Toy Story Land was that there was a bench that was in the shape of two wooden curved uh, wooden railway tracks and just like the ones he plays with every day at home. So that was really exciting to see his eyes light up and him run over to the bench and want to take a picture next to these life-size wooden railway tracks. What's your, what are your final parting thoughts, Joe? I enjoyed the land as an adult, but partially maybe some of my enjoyment of that land is because I was just thinking about how much my kids would love that land. You know, I've seen some negative reviews, um, you know, some going as far as to say that Toy Story Land is just like an amusement park, like a regular amusement park or carnival, but that is like dressed up very nicely, Disney style. And so it looks very beautiful, but it's just kind of like, I guess, lipstick on a pig, for lack of a better metaphor. I don't really buy that personally. You know, most of the people that I've seen being more negative than I think is fair about Toy Story Land are people who, frankly, don't have kids. And I think, you know, if you have kids, it kind of totally changes the experience. Of course, the opinions of people without kids are totally valid. But, you know, just as a parent, I think I come at it a little differently. Like you said, your son noticed things that uh, you didn't notice. And I think it's a land that kids will be super happy to be in. They'll have a blast. They'll have a lot of fun. Um, You'll have a lot of fun. And to be fair, no review has said that you will not have fun in Toy Story Land. It's obviously a very going to be a very fun place to be. I think most of the negative stuff is just nitpicking. Aside from the shade, you know, I think the shade is a legitimate concern, and that's something that I hope Disney addresses within the next year. But besides that, you know, I'm really pleased with the land the way it turned out. Obviously, yes, it is a little bit of a stopgap for Hollywood Studios before you know, um, the Mickey and Minnie ride comes next year and obviously Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But overall, you know, I think it's a worthy inclusion and I'm really happy that they made it and it turned out so well. Well said, Joe. So I'll just close out with a quick Disney do and don't today. Something that I think you should do at Disney when you're visiting Toy Story Land. And we've alluded to that already, but definitely check out One Man's Dream, which I think officially is called Walt Disney Presents. But, you know, I just think of it as One Man's Dream because that's the video that used to be in there. It's a really cool museum just dedicated to Walt Disney and his dream for the parks um, with a lot of cool memorabilia and models of you know prototypes for what the parks were going to look like and things like that and it has amazing air conditioning as I said before so it'll really help you to cool down after the heat of Toy Story Land. As a bonus you know there is a Groot meet and greet in there and as far as I could tell that was the only place on Disney World property that you could buy a baby Groot which is something that my friend was looking for and managed to find there on our last day. So if you're in the market for that, make sure you check out One Man's Dream. Although, it does make me wonder what Walt Disney would say having to share his building with a tiny baby tree. Who knows? All right, it's not every day that Disney opens up a new land, so we hope that you get out there and experience Toy Story Land. Give us your thoughts and impressions. You can connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney's Deciphered, or email us at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, or connect with us on Twitter at WDWDeciphered. As always, you know, find old episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can find podcasts. We really appreciate it if you'd share with a friend and, you know, let us know your thoughts. Did you like Toy Story Land? Have you visited yet or are you looking forward to visiting it? You know, uh, we'd really love to hear your comments. Other than that, get out of here, Leslie, and go hashtag play big somewhere else. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Joe. All right. Until next time.